A communications disruption can mean only one thing. Invasion. A communication disruption can only mean one thing. Negotiation. We've lost all communication. Invasion. What will the future of Star Wars bring? You must contact me. You must contact me and listen to read. They wouldn't dare. It's unthinkable. In this orbital's bubble bubble, Star Wars prequels appreciation podcast. It's outrageous. Hello, and welcome to CO Bibbles Babble Bubble, your one-stop shop for all things Star Wars prequels appreciation. I'm super pumped because this is the first full episode ever recorded on the new microphone. That's right. Hopefully, here on out, all of you devoted listeners who have heard me record my voice on a wide array of different devices will now hear it as clear as can be. And if you don't like what you hear, then this is the real me, and I'm sorry that it just doesn't line up that way. Anyhow, I uh, gave a lot of thought about what I wanted to talk about this week, and I, I feel that since so much time was given to the Jedi Order uh, with the wonderful Sabologist, that I decided to give a little bit of effort and dedication to their devoted military extensions, the commanders and captains underneath them, and the Grand Army of the Republic in focus on the clones. Yes, the clones. Now this is a little different for me because oftentimes I focus more on the movies when it's just me and kind of dive into other stuff when I have particular guests on. Uh, but you know, every single one of these clones were introduced, well, nearly every single one of them were introduced in the Clone Wars TV show by Dave Filoni, the 3D one, and one of them being a 2D clone as well. Uh, so we're diving more into stuff that took place outside of the prequels era you know everything that was kind of post 2005 during what i kind of like to call the cold gap of star wars 2005 to 2015 what happened in that decade in between um and cold isn't necessarily meant to be anything negative you know just like you know, you can't say that stuff wasn't happening in the Dark Ages as there's negative connotation but cold in the sense that there was cold theater seats because we weren't having Star Wars released in movies with the exception of the one 3D release of The Phantom Menace. But that'll be something we dive into at some point or another. It's bound to happen on this show. Uh, but not today. We're going to be looking at the clones because naturally the clones fought in the Clone Wars, which falls during the time of... The Star Wars prequels, clearly. But I, I wanted to take kind of an interesting take on it to tie this into semi-current events, something that is happening in the present, or at least the present as far as this recording is taking place, which is 
August 8th, 2020. And that's to tie this all to the NBA. It's, it's kind of funny. The NBA isn't necessarily my favorite professional sports league out there. I just find it super easy to talk about because, you know, the teams are smaller and it's way easier to grasp one's head around particular players and the relationships between them and the way that free agency works and floating around that I feel that you can draw a lot of parallels between NBA stars or even NBA journeymen and their associated fictitious characters, which in this case is the clones. That's right. This is the Clone Army Basketball Association, the C-A-B-A. So how is this going to work? Well, I'm just going to name some of my favorite clones and uh, figure out, you know, who are their basketball star equivalents. This is a comment both on the aforementioned personalities, it is a comment on their potential skill level, and, you know, sometimes it's just a comment of it being a little bit funny, just to imagine how that's going to work. Then, once we have it all lined out, I'm going to effectively run a draft of myself versus myself and split them up into two teams, and we'll talk about which the two teams are going to win in a game of basketball, looking at them as clones being basketball players, and maybe just as the basketball players as well. So um, there we have it. Let's let's dive in to our very own CABA restart season. So first up on the list, um, it's actually, this one is sort of an exception in a number of ways. Uh, first one is that I was hoping to pick players who either are currently active and or recently retired. Now, recent is a real stretch of the word. I have no real definition of it here. Um, but I decided, you know, you can't have a conversation about basketball without touching upon the greatest of all time, especially as we've seen more in depth with the release of uh documentary on ESPN now on Netflix The Last Dance and that of course is talking Michael Jordan. Now this is a real crown or treat to give to someone saying that this clone is the Michael Jordan of the Grand Army of the Republic. And, and I don't think it, there's ever quite you know the apples to apples comparison there because nobody really stuck out that well and and for me this may come as a surprise to some folks but i'm gonna have to say commander cody yes it's true captain rex i i feel like is is better beloved and also the better clone and is shown to be more you know creative and a more well-rounded guy uh nevertheless commander cody is michael jordan now why is that well just like Michael Jordan is sort of the OG GOAT, uh, greatest of all time, uh, you could say Commander Cody is kind of the OG clone. Now, obviously, you know, the OG clone would be those in the very first lineup batch on Camino. We're not sure when Com uh, Cody was produced, but I mean, he was the first one who we really had a name and a distinct look associated with him. Uh, and so, you know, we see him in Revenge of the Sith. He is with the clone detachment that follows Kimoni 
Kamoni, <laughs> Kenobi, Obi Wan Kenobi to Utapau. And we hear that, oh, the clones have little names. Commander Cody. It's got a nice little alliteration going on. He's got a cool color scheme with the kind of that yellowish orange and white. And there's definitely, you know, an obsession over him. At least, you know, when I was a kid and the movie came out, we all loved Commander Cody. Me and my friends were all about that uh, for sure. So just like there's kind of the obsession of Michael Jordan and he, he was kind of standing alone by himself yes we saw the 2D Clone Wars that was kind of out um, but you know and the 3D one came out eventually but really Commander Cody had his special place his little spot up on the kind of the top of the mountain as you know this is the clone that all clones aspire to be but as the TV show came out and as we really started to fall in love with other clones, some of the negative aspects about Cody began to reveal themselves, or at least we started to dive into them more. And obviously the biggest one is that he so readily, you know, ordered the, you know, followed Order 66 to say, let's kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. Now, plenty of other clones do this, Commander Greer, uh, that's the one who tries to kill Yoda. Does it, of course, members of uh, Plo Koon's fighter squadron do as well, so on and so forth. But there, there is something unique that Cody is the one who we had a name to, who we got to sort of semi-fall in love with, or at least get infatuated with, uh, and just watch him take down, uh, you know, Obi-Wan. And there is kind of the Michael Jordan comparison, because at his peak, you know, everybody loved michael jordan i like mike we remember him from his advertising campaigns with mcdonald's and telling kids not to do drugs and teaming up with the looney tunes for space jam but as things came out you know people really started to realize that you know mj is kind of an a-hole that oh okay he's really sort of full of himself and that a lot of these stories like oh i got kicked off my basketball team in high school, you know, may have been slightly exaggerated to paint this us versus them story, and maybe we don't like him as much. Now, it's true, uh, you know, Jordan, I think, has had a certain boost with this recent Last Dance documentary coming out, but even still, you can see his relationship with Isaiah Thomas and other players in the league, that he has this highly elevated opinion that it's harder for certain people to wrap their minds around that, oh, this is this is the character who I, pardon me, not the character, this is the, the player who I really want to, to idolize. Yes, I can idolize his skill, his look, what he brings to the basketball court or what it is that, you know, Cody brings to the battlefield. But, you know, when you really break it down, it, it may not necessarily be the guy for me. So who is the guy for me? Who is the one I want to get around? By me, I'm speaking as maybe like the next generation of basketball fans. Well, this is where I think Captain Rex shows in, where Captain Rex is LeBron James. I mean, there's already a lot of comparisons in terms of their respective timelines uh, that kind of when we... Obviously, LeBron was around before the Clone Wars started, but we really started to understand just how good LeBron was around the same time the Clone Wars TV show was rolling out, so 2008 through 2014 um, and onward since then and really starting to love the more mature version 
of LeBron later in his career, just like a lot of people who already did love Captain Rex, uh, fell in love with him even more when we got to meet the older Santa Rex from Star Wars Rebels. You know, I, there are a couple other little parallels there, too. One, I mean, they're both creative and very fantastic, uh, you know, at their respective the respective plays and jobs and stuff and how LeBron really had to take the reins on some mediocre teams, just like I feel like Rex. I'm not saying the 501st was mediocre. Don't get me wrong. The 501st is definitely closer to the 1990s Chicago Bulls than the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers were to the 1990s Chicago Bulls. But sometimes Rex really had to kind of make the best out of a bad situation when he was on his own or Anakin would get them into some sort of trouble or another. Um, Anyhow, I, I think that there is that degree of, of similarity between the two of them. And just as LeBron had that little moment where he tried to be the villain of the NBA and it didn't really work. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. Uh, this, of course, is when he made the decision and decided to go to the Heat. It just didn't really quite mesh with his personality. Now, it's true. I'll own up to it. I loved to hate LeBron, and I still have a very negative reaction or negative feelings towards the Heat. That's probably my least favorite team in the NBA as someone who's not committed to any sort of um, you know, traditional fandom where there's a team I love so more than any other, and therefore I can't stand their rival. The Heat kind of fills that for me, and even though that team is totally different, LeBron has left that whole... Uh, 2011 to 2015 era uh, Miami Heat team. Couldn't stand those guys. But LeBron has, you know, resumed being more of the hero. He just doesn't really play the role of being the bad guy of the the league. And that's Captain Rex. Captain Rex had the chance to be the bad guy like all the clones did uh, when Order 66 came around. And you could tell that even before Ahsoka removed the chip, it's something he really struggled with. It was very, you know... It was inherently against the way he operated, the way he thought, the way he saw the Jedi. It really tore at him. And that to resume being the hero once again was a weight lifted off his shoulders, just like I feel that LeBron to become the hero of basketball rather than the villain, or at least someone beloved, especially that underdog story, you know, when they were down three games to one in the finals against the Warriors and pulled through on the other end. That I think that really worked out the best for uh, for everyone. So next up on the list is uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse the clone, who goes through a real up and down trauma cycle. He is presumed to be dead on the Citadel arc, which is when Anakin, Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and company go to a Separatist prison to rescue Master Peel and... Uh, I guess at the time, just Captain Tarkin. Uh, anyhow, Jesse is presumed dead. He goes away, only to become back, to become back, only to be brought back by the Separatist, kind of hooked up in a way. Uh, we see this in the Bad Batch series of episodes that just aired on Disney Plus this past spring. Um, has a little redemption arc of sorts, you know, feels sorry for all the negativity that he brought on in terms of giving away the codes he and Rex work on to, worked on together and uh, ends up becoming an ARC trooper, gets a cool-looking armor, but decides that he has been through enough and sticks with the Bad Batch rather than rejoin the 501st. 
So I was trying to figure out who kind of has that little bit of a career trajectory in the NBA where they started off, you know, they were beloved or well-liked at least, but then various things happened that made them, their the opinion towards them change, but they have kind of flipped it a little bit. And I think the person who best exudes that is uh, Kevin Durant. So we see Kevin Durant, you know, playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder as kind of this very tall but lanky guy from, you know, the University of Texas, Hook'em Horns, where there's a lot of potential seen there, but people don't feel like he's filling it all the way. Oh, he is a great natural scorer, but he needs to bulk up a bit, needs to widen out and to become the, the character we really mean him to be. And I feel like that's when, you know, we see Jesse before he's an ARC trooper that, oh, you know, he has the potential to go there, but it's not quite there. Anyhow, uh, Kevin Durant doesn't die or presume to die, of course. He uh, rather, you know, continues to push himself forward, gets the league MVP in uh, 2014, I'm uh, pretty certain. You made us believe, put clothes on our backs, you sacrificed for us, <laughs> you the real MVP. Uh, loses the NBA Finals and then loses the Western Conference Finals the following year, or two years after that, before eventually deciding to, just like LeBron became the villain by going to Miami, Kevin Durant becomes the villain by going to the already fantastic Golden State Warriors. And so this is where, sticking with the Jesse arc, I make the comparison that Jesse was presumed dead, and then joins the Separatists, so he becomes the bad guys. Now, it's true against his own will, and he's tied up in all sorts of wires and whatnot, but anyhow, in this instance, Kevin Durant, you know, is presumed dead by fans who love him by going to the Warriors and joins the bad guys. Now, this is a little more willing, and just as we see the Separatists win a number of battles with Jesse being uh, Admiral Trench's algorithm, we uh, are also seeing that the Warriors win titles, with Kevin Durant. But lo and behold, Durant gets injured. He decides not to re-sign with the Warriors and is now with the Nets. Hasn't dribbled a single basketball for him, though, because he's recovering from his injury. And I wouldn't say necessarily he's made the full switch to um, to a good guy yet, quote-unquote, in the eyes of a lot of people. But, you know, I think that he's certainly less despised because he could have stuck with the Warriors or he could have gone to a team that already had won a championship but rather he went to a team where his friends were playing let's get together and do something good and I sort of consider the New Jersey Nets at least in the comparison to Kevin Durant it's like the bad batch here kind of a bunch of outcasts who have tried to work hard elsewhere let's let's all get together and uh, you know we see that Jesse is kind of a beaten up clone I mean he has a robotic arm and uh is kind of in a recovery of his own, so that's kind of like Kevin, uh, good old KD. I, of course, am super partial to him. As I'd mentioned, he's a Texas Longhorn. I'm a Texas Longhorn. I saw him play when he was in college, so I'll follow him wherever. Just kind of like how Rex believed that Jesse was always good, through and through, even when he was told not to trust him. Next up on the list, we have probably who is my favorite clone, outside of uh, Captain Rex, and that would be Fives. Fives goes through so much that I, I don't think there's any player in the NBA who currently has that, you know, who has done lived that trajectory or has gone through there, the ups and downs 
of being real independent, showing a lot of skills. So I'm going to, rather than focus on the very tragic circumstances that led to Five's death, I'll focus on everything up to uh, that particular arc in Season 6, where we see Five's uh, have a tremendous amount of growth, culminating in him becoming uh, an arc trooper and, and becoming a real a real team player. And for me, that would have to be Jonas with with the Bucks. Yes, the the Greek giant himself. Uh, you know, we see that Fives is kind of a young buck in a way, or at least you know he he's lower in the totem pole when compared to you know the guys like Captain Rex or Commander Cody. You know, they have those titles, but Fives has the potential to very much get there, and we do start to see it. You know, we start to see you know the Umbara arc. We start to see it. You know, some of his Camino stuff that. That's him pushing towards that MVP season. I would actually say the Umbaran arc that we see is uh, equivalent to Jonas getting his first league MVP. And just like he's in the running right now, you know, maybe he'll get to have more experience or more positivity this year, maybe even a league title, something that Fives unfortunately was unable to get because of his attempt to expose the microchip put in clones brains right there but anyhow great player to watch and great clone to root for in the in all things up next gonna go back to the bad batch though this puts the whole parallelism on its head so just ignore the previous thing where i said the warriors were the separatist and the nets were the bad batch because next up we have crosshairs who is in the bad batch but i'm not going to give him a net in fact i'm going to give him a warrior and say that's Steph Curry. I, I I think the parallel here is are are pretty obvious, in the sense that you know, Steph is probably the greatest three point shooter of all time, or at least did a major job of redefining how basketball is played today. And uh, you know, I can picture it right here. Crosshairs, you know, the fantastic sniper just beyond the three point line, hitting one after the other, one, two, three. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's very easy to, to make that parallel there. I think it's, it's, it's pretty obvious. Uh, next up, we have Commander Wolf, uh, Plo Koon's uh, awesome commander. <laughs> uh, Wolf is interesting because, you know, I always perceive him as the veteran. And, you know, I, I guess maybe it's because I have him in Rebels so ingrained in my mind where he has that full, you know, crazy-looking sideburns and handlebar mustache and everything. But he has always had, you know, the eye slice, you know, the, kind of the white eye because he has that wound there. So it looks like, you know, he's grizzled. And so I had to think, you know, who's somebody who's been around, seen a lot, but also very supportive. And I'd have to go with the recently retired Vince Carter. Uh, he just retired a handful of months ago uh you know he played all over the league with oh at least seven different teams but you know he's also the only player to play 22 seasons to play in in four different decades depending who you're asking if you want to consider 2020 a new decade but he played in from 1998 to 2020 it's a good run and so i just feel like there's kind of the wolf comparison there and it's not just that, oh, he's an old guy who's been around a while, um, or that he is, you know, the supportive vet in there all, but the fact that he's also really good at what he does. You know, um, uh, Carter is considered the greatest dunker in NBA history. I mean, even greater than Michael Jordan or anyone who has followed him since. So uh, 
I could see that being Wolf's play of basketball, very aggressive, very let's charge forward, you know, taking place in the dunk contest, a bit rowdy and stuff like that. So I think he's got a great aesthetic with his helmet. I love the gray, kind of that dark gray. He's obviously Dave Filoni's favorite or a favorite of Dave Filoni, given the whole Wolf association. And I really see Vince Carter having that, you know, degree of similarity too. I If I had to pick which era of Vince Carter is most like Wolf, I, I mean, you could say toronto raptors in terms of skill level or, or the nets but i really like definitely the later career version of him that we see when he's with the mavericks or when he's with the hawks and so on and so forth and i just think vince carter is also a straight up like great dude and we know that about wolf we see that he does have the chip removed we don't know at what point whether he participated in order 66 at any capacity hopefully that's something we'll learn with the whole uh, new uh, Clone Wars sequel show, which is called, once again, to keep drawing attention to these guys, The Bad Batch. And finally, the last of the players that I wanted to bring into this discussion was uh, Captain Vaughn. <laughs> Captain Vaughn, he doesn't show up much in the show. It's very brief, but I really have to salute him. He is in the Siege of Mandalore arc, so he's a new clone. We just, just got to meet him very briefly, and Rex at this point, had been promoted to commander, and so old Vaughn got promoted to captain. And he led the charge so bravely into the sewers of, uh, you know, the Mandalorian sewers, trying to chase down where Maul could possibly be. And you really thought, yeah, this guy has what it takes, and he just, whoosh, just gets completely, you know, annihilated down there kind of a man before his time with a lot of potential and so I you know I, that's kind of a hard one for me because I didn't want to pick somebody who was you know had a career end by injuries but I there's I want to pick someone kind of recent who's still playing and that'd be Derek Rose where you know he really was at the top of his game early on when he was playing at the Bulls they felt oh we have found the successor to Michael Jordan kind of in the way that Vaughn was a successor to Rex but unfortunately, you know, injuries kind of ruined it for him. And now he's just been kind of floating around the league, unable to really resume what he once was. Just like Vaughn was unable to really fully live up to the potential that was there before he was uh, gunned down. Actually, cut down. I can't remember if he was cut down by Maul or gunned down by uh, Maldalorians. Maybe it was both. I really, yeah, I should have rewatched that or at least looked it up before <laughs> doing this episode. I do have four more clones that um, I, I put a general ask out there on the CO Bibbles Babble Bubble Twitter and also in the Imperial Senate Podcast Discord. That's a great Discord channel, by the way. I don't have the link uh, in my top of my head, but you can go visit their Twitter at, Pod, at Imp Senate Pod, and they'll have the link how to get to the Discord. I recommend it. I'm fairly active on there, so you can... Uh, chat with me if, if you're a fan and all the good folks on that show it's like just a great general podcasting community there's a lot of podcasters besides myself and them uh who are active and, and post their shows uh but anyhow so I, I i was able to get some engagement on that to say who are your favorite clones who aren't kind of the big guys i uh, one that i received multiple times from people was kicks the fantastic medic the unsung hero who's got you know the great armor with kind of the red cross take on it and so i had to think you know who's kind of like a medic of the league gonna once again kind of step into the recently retired gang for this because i thought this had to be you know like a sixth man someone who was 
a great bench player throughout most of their career. And I think just the penultimate example of that, or not the, the ultimate example of that, is Manu Ginobili for the San Antonio Spurs. Everyone just loves Manu, and he had the talent to be a starter anywhere else in the league, or even for the Spurs, but he relished that bench role so much, and he did it so well, and that's what created depth for that team. That's what allowed young stars to come through and push their fill through um, with no flair, no, not much splash. Frankly, you can make any San Antonio Spur um, kicks. That whole team's mentality is kicks. Uh, this reminds me, on my own list, I forgot to include because uh, he only, he was introduced in the 2D Clone Wars, not the 3D, Captain Fordo. Uh, you may remember him as the Red Art Trooper. He is, is super cool. He's a no-throat-fills guy. Does a lot of really impressive stuff. But, you know, unlike some of these other people of Flash, he is completely substance over style. And uh, sticking with the Spurs, that is is Tim Duncan. And I also feel like that's kind of appropriate with the whole, you know, recent old, just like, uh, you know, Michael Jordan is with Cody because Cody was kind of introduced before everybody else in a way. Though to be fair, actually, Captain Fordo was introduced before Cody unless he's in that 2D Clone Wars. I don't know. See, this is why I need to bring more info. But, you know, Fordo was introduced before the 3D Clone Wars. So Tim Duncan was playing before, or at least overlapping, but he retired before some of these other players that uh, that we have here he's definitely the coolest looking clone in my opinion uh you can get action figures that show him in his more animated you know jindy tartarovsky form or that more 3d more realistic look going for him as well uh anyhow if you haven't seen any of the 2d clone wars and you just wanted to watch a little bit i just highly recommend just type in youtube captain for fordo and watch some of that stuff it's it's truly fantastic anyhow going back to the recommendations from social media so we had Kix, who's Manu Ginobili. Um, we had Waxer, who I put as Russell Westbrook. Waxer is just a great all-around trooper and, and capable of, of doing multiple things. He's got a very caring side to him. He's got a very, you know, kind of rowdy, aggressive side. So I had to think, who's somebody who's kind of all-around? Let's go with uh, the guy who leads in uh, triple doubles uh, with Russell Westbrook. This also, I guess, would imply that Waxer and Jesse have a bad relationship and used to be friends. I don't know. Um, I'd have to look at those older episodes. We also have a suggestion here of Commander Fox. Uh, Commander Fox is the one who is in charge of the Coruscant Guard. They're the guys who wear red and white. And, you know, I feel really bad because Fox is a cool name. It's a cool look, but so often he makes these decisions where you're just like, what are you doing, man? Just pause and think. And I think the most obvious instance of that is his reaction during the Ahsoka arc, and he just ugh, really get frustrated with that guy sometimes. And so I feel like, who's someone who's really frustrating, yet still keeps playing? He's still in the league somehow, just like Fox still holds on to his commission and still has like a cushy job, cushy job. And um, <laughs> that'd be J.R. Smith. I don't know if you remember this, but this is when the, the Cavaliers were in the finals. Oh, gosh. Must have been 2015, 2016, one of those years. Actually, 16 or 17. And J.R. Smith just made a just a heinous mistake, one of many. And you just see LeBron James with this pained look on his face. And I feel like that's how I am anytime I watch Fox. And for some reason... 
you know, J.R. Smith got to take the whole year off because he was retired, but he signed with the Lakers, and he's playing with LeBron again right before the playoffs, so maybe he's going to coast into a title he doesn't deserve. Just like Fox didn't have to be on the front lines. He just coasted into hanging out on Coruscant. You can see I'm very fond of him. I'm very sorry, the folks who suggested Fox, because, I, like I said, he looks cool, and he does some neat things, but maybe I just don't have the highest opinion of him. And lastly, we have 99. <laughs> 99, he's the, the guy who's really a genetic mutation and unable to do anything except be the janitor, dies a very sad death, very hunched back, can't move that well. So I really hate to say which NBA player is like him, but I'm just going to go with DeAndre Jordan because I feel like he is his own biggest hurdle in a way. Um, <laughs> you know, I... He's had his fair share of, of weird mistakes, and uh, but you know you gotta kind of still love him a little bit at the same time. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry, Mr. Jordan. That's unfair to you. Or I could say it's unfair to 99 because 99 doesn't really make his own bad mistakes. He's only his own worst enemy because of how he's built. Where DeAndre Jordan, I think it's just how he acts. I'm not sure. He's with the Nets now, in that kind of strange Kevin Durant team uh, with Kyrie. But we haven't seen all of them play together, so that should be exciting when and if that ever happens. Anyhow, uh, the show's running a bit over, so I'll do this last part really quick. If I had to split these uh, 12 players up into to two NBA teams, I did a little bit of drafting back and forth uh, previously to doing this, so I'll just, I, I won't break that down and just say who's team one and who's team two. Team one, you have as the guards, Commander Cody, who's once again is Michael Jordan. And then Wolf, who's Vince Carden. The Forge, you have Jesse, who's Kevin Durant. Fox, who's J.R. Smith. And at center, you have you have Tim Duncan slash Captain Fordo playing center. With Derek Rose, who's Captain Vaughn, coming off the bench. So those are the six players there. On Team 2, as the guards, you have Waxer and Crosshair. That's Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry. The forwards, you have Fives and 99. Pardon me, not fives and 99. Fives and Captain Rex, that's Jonas and LeBron. That would be really cool to see. And at the center, you have 99, DeAndre Jordan, coming off the bench, kicks Manu Ginobili. So if you had to look, I mean, I feel like Team 1, if you're looking at just the basketball side, would be probably better because you have Michael Jordan, the greatest all-time. You have the greatest power forward of all time with Tim Duncan. Yeah, he's playing center here, but that's just the lineup. Uh, which in this case is Captain Fordo, which I love. Cody and Fordo could be cool together. Um, Jesse is Durant. And, uh, yeah, I think you have some neat stuff lining up. Vince Carter's Wolf, great dunking, uh, great defense, great ball control. Uh, Team 2, I think you have mostly people shooting up threes and flubbing around in the middle. I mean, LeBron, Captain Rex and LeBron would really, you know, line up why. (laughs) LeBron and Jonas would probably have a good little thing going. Which is cool because that, once again, that's Rex and Fives. Uh, looking at slowly the clone perspective of things, I feel, you know, Team 2 unfortunately has 99. He'd have to be subbed out immediately and he'd have to put in Kicks. The only reason Kicks is on the bench is because that's Manu Ginobili and that's Kicks who would insist, no, 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 you guys start in front of me. I'll hop on when needed. Uh, so definitely better bench depth. It could be a bit of a coin toss. Um, but. 
anyhow, we it's something we'd have to see. So I hope that, you know, if you listen to this episode, you can tweet out at me, at COBubble. Let me know if you agree or disagree with any of these lineups or say, oh, hey, you forgot a certain clone I like, like Greer or, uh, yeah, I don't know why he's the one I keep mentioning, but haven't even put on this list. That's kind of unfortunate. The green's really neat. But you know what? You tell me who you think Greer is like, and I will probably agree with it because you are all wonderful and creative people. Theo Bibble's Babble Bubble was produced by yours truly, and the theme was written, performed, and produced by Zoologist. Per usual, I will catch you all around the corner.